This week on Ultra 64, we play the game that answers the question, where do Priuses go when they die? It's Hybrid Heaven on Ultra 64. What did you think I was going to go? I thought you were going to say something about like 40 minutes in hybrid heaven or something. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that one's all right, but it's welcome not as good as yours. to Ultra 64. Uh, we are the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. My name is Steve Guntling. I'm Woody Siskowski. We are joined by a special guest today. Say hello, special guest. Hi, I'm Jeremy Hatfield. Hi, welcome. Welcome. We're very happy to have you here. Uh... This week we are talking about Hybrid Heaven, and uh, I, I think there's probably more than a few of you out there scratching your head and wondering <laughs> what Hybrid Heaven is, uh, but not Jeremy, because when we started this show, uh, one of the first things we heard, one of the first requests was from Jeremy asking specifically to be on this show. He wanted us to give him a heads up when we were doing the Hybrid Heaven episode. You're a fan, yes? Yeah, it's a weird, obscure game that I found one day for like six bucks. Uh-huh. And never heard of it, and so I bought it, and it was good. <laughs> good, entertaining play. That's a, that's a great story. Um, let's, uh, yeah, I, I did not really know what to expect with this game. It's very strange, uh, kind of damn cool, actually. I don't know. I, I really got into it. The, um, the thing that I remember about this game is... Um, when I was a subscriber to Nintendo Power when their 100th issue came out, mm-hmm. and in their 100 games of all, top 100 games of all time, they had Metal Gear listed, you know, Metal Gear for the NES. Yeah. And they talked about how they didn't cover it very much when it came out, and how they wouldn't make that same mistake when its spiritual successor, Hybrid Heaven, came out yeah. later that year for the N64. And me not knowing very much about different like playstation at the time was not aware that metal gear solid mm. was a thing yeah and so somehow i got it in my head that hybrid heaven was this successor to metal gear as opposed to you know metal gear solid the, the thing actual that is, game yeah. bearing its namesake <laughs> yeah. and becoming an iconic game yeah. in its own right uh i mean yeah this this was for just like a little hot minute this was a really hyped up game this was going to be the next big thing and then it just disappeared it came out uh it kind of was met with critical shrugs and uh then it was completely forgotten uh but let's get into exactly what this game is a little bit so hybrid heaven is released august 31st 1999 published and developed by konami and it is a nintendo 64 exclusive now the hook for this game is that it's kind of an amalgamation of like third person action adventure genre hybrid it's a hybrid if you will yeah it's a fitting name (laughs) uh so it's it's like a third person action game with RPG elements. Yeah, and weird uh, RPG elements. Very strange, very strangely implemented. So the the fighting, the combat, is RPG, kind of like you, you select from menus, and it's all about timing and like organizing yourself around the enemy, uh, and some a little bit of strategy too, but you're basically just selecting from a list of kicks. Kicks and punches. It's like wrestling plus Final Fantasy. Yeah, and it's it's an unusual system. Uh, but I, I don't know, I found that it worked i mean it it works it's pretty accessible and there's a decent amount of strategy to it because you can 
you can weaken individual limbs well, on your enemy, and you can have your own individual limbs weakened. Why don't you tell us a little about the specifics of the fighting system as best you can, Jeremy? Because you're the you're the only one in this group. We 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 played through the beginning a little bit, mm. um, but you've actually played through the whole game. So okay, so. Yeah. It's it's an RPG, but there's a little bit of action involved to it. So you you're moving around in one-on-one fights. Yeah, and you have two things you can really do until an action has happened, which is you can either press A, which puts you into menus. Uh huh. And in the menus, you can use items. You can punch, kick. Uh, later in the game, you can set up combos. Um, and you're able to create those combos yourself, right? Yeah, like, and when you're out of combat, you can go into menus and you can set up your own combo lists. And uh, combos can max out at, I believe, five different attacks in a single combo. Okay, yeah. Um, and then you can also press R, which grabs the enemy. Mm-hmm. And when you're holding the enemy, you do more wrestling attacks. Like, you can do pile drivers and suplexes. And he does a full, he did a full Bane move at one point. <laughs> just pick the guy up over your shoulders and then break him over your Drop knee. Drop him on the knee. Yeah, yeah. backbreaker. Yeah, um, backbreaker. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite, the the pendulum one. Where yes. Where you just like jump, grab him by the neck with your legs and then spin him around and slam <laughs> him on the ground. I believe in um, when we played War Gods last week that move was called Suggestive Throw. Suggestive one Throw. Of the yes, that's right. It was like the which character, one of the generic female characters, yeah. just like does a, a thigh grab and then uh, suggestively throws you? It's not called suggestive throw in hybrid heaven. Yeah, and if you hit if you hit a character in um, a certain body part enough, like if you hit them on the right leg enough, their leg will get injured and they won't be able to kick you or they'll move slower right. or something like that. And if you hit them enough in the head, then they'll get stunned for a bit, kind of like Street Fighter. Yeah. I mean, it, this was interesting enough that I felt like I'd never seen anything quite like it. I feel like the closest comparison I can make to this is uh, did you guys play Parasite Eve on PlayStation 1? I've not gotten around to that. Okay. I, it's, a, it's a fun game, but it has it's kind of a similar like a hybrid of uh, survival horror and RPG elements, and you can move around in the little grid like that and fight. And that, that preceded this game by about a year, but I feel like this was in development This game is that. very PlayStation-y looking. Like, it is. It, it, it has it, that style of graphics of the sort yeah. of blocky characters that it looks a lot like metal gear solid it looks better than metal gear solid yeah like it um, looks really smooth yeah. um real good like skin texturing and i know because there was a naked man there was some butt <laughs> on nintendo 64 and i can't think i mean is this the only occurrence that Certainly we know the of? first um, butt appearance the so first far. butt appearance so far so i w- hope somebody out there is keeping track we're gonna keep a running <laughs> meter tally. going of butts on n64 not, i mean it's currently one not just butt. it's got butt with like shower steam oh yes it at yes point. it's it's uh again that's another maybe that's why i was thinking of parasite eve because that one opens with a famous like shower scene uh but I don't know. It's 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 noteworthy, and I feel like wow. All right, immediately they're getting us into this. Uh, this this is like a grown up game on the N sixty four. Well, I mean, this. I think the story is uh, is very silly. I think this game will appeal to people who enjoy the kind of storytelling of Metal Gear Solid, where yeah. it just sort of layers on goofy twists and plot points. I'm um, I'm going to try and stumble through the plot a little okay. bit. on it. Correct me when I when I goof this up. Okay, so. The game opens and you're this naked uh, shower man, <laughs> and you're being told that you have to go. That was meet- the original. That was the pre-translation title. Was naked shower man. <laughs> naked shower man. That was also the original name for Pac-Man. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah, it was very different over in Japan. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you uh, you play as I don't know. You're, you're this guy, and you're told by these shadowy government agents that you need to go and meet this other guy named Mr. Diaz, and do something with the president. And I'm not really clear. It's kind of like rapid pace uh, exposition. But uh, and then he says, and "My God, put some clothes on. You need to come across as human." So we know he's not human. Uh, he is a hybrid, which is a combination of human and an alien. Uh, so the aliens, from what I was able to determine, they're called gargantuans, but all of them are only about three or four feet tall. Actually, right? is that wrong? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's garguits or like garguchins or gargoochins? something. Oh, okay, I don't think there's actually an N in there. Okay, I might have gotten that wrong. Yeah, okay, like, I always that makes more sense because they're all small. I mean, they're regular size as well. But then I just never saw an N when I actually looked at the word. I'm gonna I'm gonna confirm that because it's like. Yeah, they're not gargantuan. I didn't no, know if that was ironic. I mean, if the, the aliens have this. <laughs> the aliens have a very developed sense of irony. It's like they're they're a bunch of big guys named Tiny. Uh, so okay, so this guy that you're being is uh, a combination human alien, and so we cut to New York City. Oh wait, as you're, as you're walking by, it also cuts to his answering machine. Yes, where he has a message, phone message from his girlfriend, wife, girlfriend, I believe, um, yeah. who says that Christmas is coming and remember their promise to meet under the Christmas tree um, in Washington, in Washington DC. DC. Yeah, at the White yeah. House. Uh-huh. yeah, in front of the White House, um, the famous Christmas White House Christmas tree. Yes. Uh, so we cut to New York City. Uh, your guy is going down to a sublet platform uh, where he sees someone who's dressed kind of like Brock Sampson but with, like, Indian war paint on his face. And he's surrounded by two guys in black suits. And there's one lone woman on the platform looking confused. This is all in the far distant future year of 2000, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so as, you, as this character approaches, Brock Sampson with the vest pulls out a gun and shoots him. And the guy falls to the ground and disappears into a flash of light. Uh, and we don't know why he's doing this, but the other two uh, agents try and wrestle him back, and they, they bring him back to this underground laboratory. He kills them, breaks free, and now you're fighting your way through this underground mm, lab. Now you, you, the character you thought you were playing as at the beginning, the naked shower man, mm. you actually end up playing as the Brock Sampson guy yes. uh, who had just shot him. And But then it turns out that Brock Sampson guy was naked shower man all along. Yes. The twist is that they are the same person. Uh, yeah, the twist is that Naked Shower Man, also known as Johnny Slater. Johnny Slater, okay. Uh, Johnny Slater was already kidnapped by the uh, the aliens and the hybrids and was replaced with a hybrid. And so you have, as Mr. Diaz, mm. because the good a- there's a couple good aliens in the ship. Yeah. And they have released you to... Uh, try to stop their one evil uh, Garguaton, or okay, pronounced. Um, but at first, you don't remember that you're Johnny Slater for some reason. Okay, because that helps them. Um, we don't know how, but so it sounds like most of this game is Diaz realizing that he's Johnny Slater, turning against the aliens, and then sort of going through their base and suplexing dudes. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Uh, is it? Does it mostly take place in the base? The entire game. Is the in entire the base. game is in the base. Yeah. Okay, which is a little tedious, I will say. I mean, it's it's fine, uh, but it just kind of looks like any underground bunker in any video game. Yeah, lots of hallways, lots of little flying robot drones. Um, mm. Sort of the main action sequence is you pull out your sort of disruptor gun, 
um, by holding R and then you press uh, A to or was it Z to, it was fire. Z to fire. And it's um, very, very forgiving. If you're aiming in just kind of the general direction of the robots, you you will hit them. And the gun only works on robots, which is an, I, I like that feature. Like you can't just like go around and shoot everybody because you have to punch them. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they explain it with uh, the one character saying it's the disruptor, which you're supposed mm-hmm. to use in case something targets you, and you're supposed to only hit intruders, but you're supposedly not an intruder because they think you're Mr. Diaz. Okay, I mean, so I found uh, the controls were tight; they worked pretty well. Um, you know, you have your typical A button to jump. They had the weird choice of mapping the map button to B, which I feel like is for an action game, you want those A and B buttons open all the time. But then when you actually get to the combat section, that's just not how it functions. It doesn't function like a regular, like, beat em up style game where you would need those buttons. But still, I just kept pressing the B button, expecting something to happen, and I just kept making my little mini map pop up or disappear. I don't think this is really all that much of an action game so much as those sort of action sequences play as sort of a bridge between fights and just sort of very basic puzzles. There's a few encounters in the game where there's this huge giant monster that literally chases you and you can't actually kill it and you just have to try to stay out of its way. Okay. And it's chasing you through the compound. Okay. That sounds cool. That sounds like the the Lion King scene in the, the... or the... Yeah, in the Lion King game, on the Genesis, where you're running towards the screen away from oh, the yeah. beast. Yeah, I, don't know. I could never get past the level in that game where you have to, where it, the just can't wait to be king level, where you're riding oh, yeah. on the ostrich. Every time I would jump and I would hit the tree yeah. and die. Like, there's the same part and I can't get past it. It was a pain in the ass. I, I played that game enough that I've beaten it, but yeah, it, it took a long time. Uh, anyway, we got off track already. Why is there not a Lion King game on the N64, you guys? Come on, get on well, this. Well, because Virgin yeah. Games went out of business. They did, I know. It's a bummer. I like their Disney games, games like. for Super Nintendo were pretty good. They were. They were really yeah. good. There are a few on... Uh, there, there's a Tarzan game. There's a Toy Story game. There's a couple that we'll get to okay. play uh, that are pretty fun. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. Well, all right. So we, I think the important thing to talk about here, and I didn't know this until you brought it up, Jeremy, so I think uh, you should be the one to tell us, but there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory surrounding this game, yes? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a theory amongst some of the fans of this game that... They were trying to make Metal Gear Solid for the N64, um, but the console didn't have all the capabilities they needed for it, probably mainly... Uh, audio, I for, for all the yeah, cuts. mostly yeah. audio. Um, so they just ended up... They didn't want to waste the uh, all the work they'd already put into the graphics, so they just took that made a game. Some people even think that Kojima just threw together some random plot that doesn't make much sense. Which is, the plot does have a random Kojima-esque feel. It's in his wheelhouse. Like, I I mean, this this does not sound far-fetched to me. This sounds like something that absolutely would happen. This seems like kind of cast-off ideas that Kojima would have. And it has that cinematic feel that all of his games have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I totally believe it. And this was kind of a victim of Metal Gear Solid's success. Like I was telling them, I like to look up uh, video game commercials and trailers on YouTube, and the one I found for this was just like some grainy handheld footage taken from E3 in 1997, and uh, you can't hear any of the audio because the Metal Gear Solid theme music from the next booth over is blaring so loud that it's (laughs) overshadowing everything. And that's kind of what happened with this game. When... uh, you know, 1998, Metal Gear Solid was finally released, and it was a massive, massive hit. And so Konami or kind of focused their energies on promoting that game and mm-hmm. building up that fan base. 
And this one, when it came out, and it was just kind of, uh, it got mediocre reviews, and it didn't really land with fans. They just kind of let it go by the wayside. It's interesting, because I feel like this game is almost backwards in terms of what... I, I feel like Metal Gear Solid is like a cool, memorable game based on the story and the sort of bizarre events that take place in it. Yeah. But it really does not play very well. Um, I find it's, that game really frustrating to play it's the true. first it, Metal Gear Solid. Trying to play it now, yeah, it's definitely it's, frustrating. Whereas this game plays fairly smoothly, but it just a lot of it seems kind of bland in terms of um, there's not quite enough crazy crazy set pieces and maybe they come i mean i'm guessing that more come later yeah but um i wanted i wanted more right at the beginning yeah it definitely is a game that the first hour is kind of like a tutorial okay yeah and cinematics just giving you there were some very long cinematics yeah Yeah, that opening cinematic was like Ten five, minutes? six minutes long, yeah. yeah. Which least. is which is very uncommon for on Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, it's only yeah. voice acted for yeah. the first cinematic. Yeah, and not not that badly voice acted either. No, I it mean was... it's a little stiff and a little kind of staccato, but it wasn't terrible. No, no. Uh, so I, I think this is the type of game that is kind of like destined to be a cult classic. Like it's all the elements are there, and it has kind of a cult following now. Uh, so it frequently tops if you're. If you're like me, you're constantly looking at lists of the uh, 10 most underrated Nintendo 64 sure. games that you've never played. All those clickbaity kind of lists. This one's always on there. Uh, this one's always... The thing is, there's not... I don't feel like there's all that many games... That are, like, unknown, I feel like they're, they're really reaching. And when you get to that, you have, have to you reach. Have played Mario Kart? <laughs> it's because, you know, people know the Mario games. People, like, I feel like, even, like... People are aware of like the mystical ninja games. Sure, yeah. Um, so you you really have to draw, and I think that this game has this is the kind of game that has the audience has an audience in terms of people who like weird Japanese stuff. Yeah. Uh, people who like crazy Kojima esque stuff. Um, but I don't think that this game it, this game did want in, in the hour or so that we played it made me want to play more. I definitely want to play more, especially my interest. I. I... I don't know. I, I like games where you can, you know, level up and build up your skills and things like that. And I love the idea of being able to build your own combos as you get stronger. The, uh, the only thing, and the thing that kind of bugged me, and I kept grilling Jeremy about it, and he wasn't able to give me a great answer, was the the strategy. And to me, the thing that makes an RPG fun is understanding the numbers behind things. And, oh, sure. Um, why various attacks succeed at various times or do more damage, and all of that stuff seems kind of vague in this game. It's, it's true. The the counters, like they, for the most part, they seem like the most okay. So when you get attacked, you the the action freezes, and you have a chance to either step out of the way, uh, guard against the attack, or you can counter, which is you know you dodge it and then you hit back. Yeah. Uh, and the counters, I mean, they seem like the most reliable way to get like a leg up. But they don't always work, and it's hard to determine why it doesn't work. And, you and we just say, say counter kind of, failed, and then the guy right. will hit you. And it's just kind of like RPG mechanics going on behind the scenes. It's like an um, invisible D20 being rolled, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, I am curious to see what the instruction manual looks oh, like yeah. for this game. I looked I at it today, and it's uh, it's just a lot of explaining the combos and explaining the controls. They don't have any of the plot mentioned in there. Okay, That's why I was looking for it, because I wanted to <laughs> try and have yeah, you, some of this together. Have you played God Hand, Steve? Uh, yeah, years like, ago. Years okay, ago, the I feel PS2 like game. that's that's the game 
that I mean it's a very it's a different type of game in the sense that it's an action game, but in terms of the creating of the combos and lots of different crazy wrestling moves, that's kind of the that's sort of successor. what this could be if you took out the speed and excitement of god hand sure it would look like hybrid heaven <laughs> um, which isn't even a diss no. i feel like you know it's you, a different kind of thing you don't get a lot of like super fast paced anything on nintendo 64 no, that's a good for the most part like uh, i think we played extreme g and we were very impressed by how fast it moved yeah. because that's a rarity on the nintendo 64 like things do and most games of this era are just kind of a little more sluggish you know they're just figuring out the 3d uh, I was really impressed with this game. Uh, I thought it was very creative with what it was trying to do. I think it was more successful than it was not. I can understand how the, the settings can be a little tedious and uh, the, the repetitive fighting can be a little, you know, uh, unclear sometimes. But uh, I was actually, I thought this was really cool. I will say there's a versus mode on this that oh, yeah. doesn't necessarily hold up as well. And we <laughs> might... We might be biased, but okay. So Jeremy brought his memory card, and so and my memory card is all full up, and I need to clear it out. But uh, he was playing with his character, who was a level forty nine, and I was playing with the default character, which is a level one. So it's literally impossible for me to do damage to him, and if I get hit even once, I'm dead. <laughs> and this is with the uh, the handicaps on, where I'm at mm-hmm. negative ten power, and, and I'm at, at positive 10, ten power. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there was like literally no way I could do it. I mean, anything. it's it's a really weird two-player mode because it still has the same mechanics as the one-player mode, where when you choose an attack, time stops. Yeah, and you select, and then the other person has a chance to choose if they want to counter or move. Um, so it's I don't know, it's not a super sensible mode. And you can it's, like watch the other person's controller to see what attacks they're inputting. So you can like I mean yeah, that's an easy way to game it. Like you can just look at what they're doing and then figure out your counter or your dodge But your again, since most of these mechanics are not super clear to me, it's not like, it, it just because if you realize that your opponent is going to kick you, I don't know what the logical counter to that is. Well, you step out of the um, way. If you could step back. But I mean, I guess technically if you step but back But that's the same time, counter as if they were going to punch you, Steve. That's true. Like, I that's don't know true. if you that's knowing fair. what they do really affects your response. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's it's not the best fit for a multiplayer game. Like, I would not invite people over, hey, let's play some two-player hybrid heaven <laughs> to resounding shrugs and what the fuck is this? Is um, I feel like we need to organize a super weird party where we're like, all right, guys, here's your choices for N64 games. You can play Vigilante 8, yeah. um, hybrid heaven two-player mode, or Wiley Country Club yeah. to have your pick, guys. Oh my god, and Nicole would just divorce me it's immediately. She'll If she ever has to hear the words, why I like Country Club again. I don't know why that game graded on her so much. It did, but. yeah, that one just really, even listening back when I was editing the last episode, I'm like, man, she hates this game. Yeah. Like, I have to edit out all her sighs in the background. <laughs> She's so angry at this one. Uh, this one was not that. Uh, Hybrid Evan was not a sigh-inducing game. So No, the music is kind of short little bursts and kind of repetitive. Yeah, but. for sure, for sure. Uh, but, you know, this is one, like you said, the, I, this is one I want to go back and play more of. Like, I, I would like to play through this game uh, and see... Well, we have seen the ending, because you had the ending on your memory card, Jeremy. So we got to see... You're meeting meeting up. under the Christmas yeah, tree. and stereotypical comedic uh, taxi driver. Yes. Oh, and, and then at the end, the president the president attacks himself yeah. and then gives you a thumbs up from the TV. That, that's what gives me hope for, like, the weirdness that yeah. you were looking for. Like, yeah. okay, this ends with the president punching himself, giving a corny thumbs up to the camera, and then you go meet your girlfriend under what looks like the world's largest Easter egg. 
But it's supposed to be a Christmas tree. Yeah, I would. I definitely. I definitely feel like it could go either way in terms of either getting because the core gameplay is sort of slow and repetitive. So I feel like it could either get more that way and be too much of a grind, or get crazier and sort of draw you in. But uh, as far as but, I, I mean, know, Jeremy's played. Yeah. Jeremy's played through it, and he's a fan. So. Yeah, I've played through the entire game. Uh, yeah. I didn't figure out all the systems completely. Yeah. But like I said, I didn't have an instruction manual, and this is still back in the day when those are kind of necessary to an extent. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and now now games don't even have them anymore, which kind of bums me out in a weird curmudgeonly way. Oh, I I agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's like I don't even really look at them when I have them, but I want to know they're there. I don't know. That's just you know that's that's my two cents. This is uh, Andy Rooney. Uh, anyway, so. Yeah, do we have anything else we want to add? Oh, I guess the one thing I wanted to add is that there was a couple of little attempts among the fan community trying to get either a sequel or a remake, like, put on Kickstarter. Like, somebody wanted to get this going, but uh, there wasn't enough traction. Nobody even really got it going. It was more just like, hey, if I did this, would people give me money? And most people were like, meh, probably not. I, I could see that being cool. There's a lot of, I mean, the core system of sort of a brawler RPG where you learn different fighting moves and level up different parts is a really cool concept. I like it. I I like mean, it it works that, well for Legend of Lugaya. And yeah. I have not played that. Or like um, Jade Empire, like the, uh, yeah, the Bioware Jade, Jade game Empire, had kind of elements of that. The best Bioware game that no one talks about. Yeah, that one's kind of uh, been left to time, but I liked that game. Uh, but yeah, no, I, th- I think this one's totally solid, but uh, I, I don't see any real future for it at this stage unless there's a sudden resurgence of popularity after we're talking about it right now. I'm, they'll probably put it into the... Now that uh, Kojima is not involved with Metal Gear anymore, they'll probably yeah. find ways to re, re reinvigorate the Metal Gear Solid franchise. And sure. To be like, oh, it was actually all in Snake's head and Hybrid Heaven oh, is the yes. real canon. <laughs> <laughs> I think would ab- you're joking, but they would absolutely pull that kind of shit. So, like, I guarantee it. Solid Snake's been replaced with a hybrid this whole time. Exactly. <laughs> yep. With a gargachuan, whatever Gargatron. Gargamon. Gargamels. Gargamels. It's by a bunch of Gargamels. Yeah, you gotta kill the Smurfs. You gotta kill them. You gotta smurf them right up. Uh, okay, let's move on to our rankings. Uh, so for people who have never listened before, shame on you. But we keep a running list of rankings uh, of each of the games we the play. The people who have never listened before are the people who just go and they look for all Hybrid Heaven-related content online. And just so that's just someone, how they Someone to things. validate me. Yeah. We have 33 games in the list so far, uh, so let's rank them somewhere in between here. I'm going to start uh, this week. Uh, this is my new number seven game. Uh, this is, that it, seems this crack, real high, Steve. This cracked the top ten for I me. I don't I'm, think that's high enough. Oh, man. I mean, Well, get, to give the context, that's between Turok the Dinosaur Hunter and Extreme G. Okay, okay. So it, we haven't and, had the strongest crop of games just, yeah, just yet. Is Turok okay. ahead or below? Uh, Turok's ahead. Turok's ahead. Uh, Turok's surprisingly fun. It is. No, it holds yeah. up. I just remember the Fog of Doom. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fog, a lot of fog. But yeah, no, this one holds up. It's creative, it's different, it's really not like anything else. It plays well, it's got ambition, uh, and it's something I would like to play more of. Like, the flaws weren't enough to detract me from enjoying it, uh, and it's it's more just like it's quirkier than it is bad, you know, or, or that it is uh, uh, flawed. It has that sort of old-school vagueness, something mm-hmm. like uh, the Dark Souls sort of embraces, Yeah, where... 
you just are kind of running from room to room, and the story doesn't make a lot of sense. A lot of panels and power-ups are kind of vague, but there's something kind of charming about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where would it uh, where would it rest for you? Um, it's gonna go under Extreme G for me, which is um, I feel like Extreme G is my cutoff of games that I know are pleasant and fun. Okay, um, so this I, is just below that. Yeah, okay, I haven't. That's your number fourteen game. Yeah, I haven't played this enough to give a definitive feeling of it. It definitely piqued my interest, but it also seems like I said since you're just running the first time, the first section of what we played you're just running from room to room i really dislike games where all the rooms look the same because i tend to get lost oh. super easily and then just find myself running in circles which drives me nuts fair okay um, that's fair and that's so fair. i feel like this game could really get bogged down in that kind of thing um or like i said it did pique my interest it made me want to play it more and give me the report does it get more interesting i'll let you know because uh, i'm gonna dig into it because weirdly getting lost and circling around rooms isn't really a problem for me like yeah. any given day you can find me in my house just wandering <laughs> around in a circle like well, you do just, live in a mansion just pivoting on one foot it's, yes it's, it's a sprawling matter there's rooms there's rooms here i've never seen jeeves like, fetch yeah. forth my hybrid heaven there's just stairways that go nowhere yeah exactly <laughs> they just drop off into a pit yeah uh, uh where where does this game rank for you jeremy uh it, well it's it's clearly the best n64 game uh, well obviously uh, that, that you've played for the podcast yet yeah oh. uh but it it does something that i really enjoy in games which is trying something new yeah it does like not enough games nowadays try anything new no they really don't and i would say even i would say this time when the game came out fewer games tried new things oh, i would yeah. think more games now try new things i would say yeah i would at say this that. time this yeah. time so and even if this is kind of cashing in on trends because i feel like uh the the biggest games in the world at the time this came out were final fantasy 7 and tomb raider and this is kind mm. of like trying to blend those yeah so even if it is trying to be different by way of adapting most popular possible things it still works like it's still unique where, yeah. where would you put this like not just based solely on um your you what you've played but just like relative to most n64 games like. um it's definitely in my top five for one player games holy oh, smokes wow. Wow. okay okay so. that's a hell of an endorsement yeah yeah so, yeah all right, so you heard it here, Jeremy. Jeremy Hatfield, go out, go out and buy Hybrid Heaven. Yes, it's it's not get it before uh, everyone jacks up the price based on this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's still like not, a sub ten dollar game. It's not an expensive game. You can so. find it pretty easily, uh, and I would recommend finding it because it's a lot of fun. That is uh, that's our show, and I don't know why I yelled that. that no, right there, I know. But, you, uh, you're sick of us being in your home. Occasionally, I just have texts, and I need to uh, just you know let them out a little bit. Uh, and, I'm uh, glad I turned the mic away from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you very much, Jeremy, for being here. We appreciate yeah, your uh, your expertise on this. Yeah, uh, we would have we would have been fumbling in the dark. Here. Ne- speaking of fumbling in the dark, next week's game Ooh, nice. is something that we're going to struggle with a little bit. We're going to be playing Scooby Doo Classic Creep Capers, and we're going to be trying to fill time talking about a Scooby Doo <laughs> game. So uh, tune in for that one. It's going to be just chock full of jinkies, I imagine. Like, uh, wow, Steve, <laughs> that sounds super great. Rut row. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Or good morning. I don't know where you are. Just Goodbye. Stop, stop the podcast. I can't. Stop the- I'm a hybrid.